1: Welcome to the Tuesday, October 5th edition of the Riddleware NFL podcast brought to you. By win, I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Alongside me, almost as always, but certainly this week is Jake Latarski. You can follow me at uh Roto Jake. Jake, it's good to have you back on the waiver. Yeah, yeah. You know, I missed one week of the waiver wire show, and then I
2: ended up with Josh Gordon on a roster. So, you know, that's about how it goes. Oh, no.
1: That's about how, how it that goes. I'm sure you
2: guys hit that last week. It was just like, oh dang it, I'm 0-3, caught some injuries. Like, I need to catch lightning in a bottle. So let's put it down on him and see what happens. But you know, then I got to start, you know, thinking with more analysis, putting together this outline. What was I doing? Hey, I I got Kadarius Tony (laughs) in that same league, too. I I, I had lost a a couple of guys due to injury, and it's my Kyle Pitts league that's just a mess. So, you know, I'm trying to, like I said, catch lightning in a bottle there, but I don't have many high hopes.
1: Yeah, we did touch on Josh Gordon, and it was literally probably a sentence long. John, thank you again for filling in. It was kind of like, yep. yep, we've done this before, and I'm not doing it again. And I said, yep, I agree. Same thing. We just continued to move on right afterwards. We had a few comments, actually, so it would have been good, and, and we could still talk about now uh, regarding his role. Obviously, didn't do much, uh, if anything, um, with the Chiefs this past week, we'll we'll see yeah. if that kind of figured itself out. But, well, the but thing was is
2: you know he comes in after all this time, right? And apparently, all I'm seeing is tweets that he's like seven percent body fat and looks crazy in shape and could play this week. And I don't know, I talked myself into it, and then it turned out to be a horrible fantasy week for me overall. Went against Tyreek Hill in three or five leagues. Oh, see, I, I didn't like, at all. I was yeah. jacked about that. Yeah, see, I was out at I was out in Colorado on Thursday night watching Tyler Childers at Red Rocks. I don't know exactly what happened with uh dj shark but i come check and i got a bunch of zeros he must have broke, his, broke, ankle. Like, broke first his
1: ankle like first drive
2: so it's just been a bad fantasy week for me and i think it's all because i missed the show on tuesday here so let's go for perfect attendance the rest of the year and uh and, and get get me in the right headspace here moving forward for the fantasy football season
1: yeah, well, let's turn your season around, and I'm sure uh, WinBet can also get your season turned around too. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions. Even so, making or even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet, Winbet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, moneyline bets, boosted parlays, over/unders, round robins, round robins, live betting, and so much more right at your fingertips. If you want break for sports but head into Winbet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette double down on blackjack slam the slots or try your hand at baccarat winbet is currently available in six states colorado indiana michigan new jersey tennessee and virginia while rapidly expanding at winbet the possibilities are limitless winbet is currently offering all Broadway listeners a risk-free bet up to 500 on your first wager download winbet now that's w-y-n-n-b-e-t winbet the exclusive partner for RotoWare's fantasy podcast. Well, let's recap my Chargers. Uh, again, I, I write for the Chargers on RotoWare. I write about the Chargers on RotoWare. I, I could say they are my Chargers, more or less my number two team besides my. You know, Green Bay Packers That Jake so <laughs> kindly told me not to wear my hat for on the broadcast. I know he's uh, sitting
2: there beforehand and, I, and I'm like, OK, so we're going to take
1: any shred of unbiased out of this, right? You're going to sit I don't there feel do like the, I've ever pretended like I'm not around. biased with the Packers, but it's almost like, the other way. I, I'm always like upset mm-hmm. with them. But anyway, uh Chargers end up getting a pretty big victory. 28-14 over the previously undefeated Raiders. We obviously say had some um, weather conditions despite a mostly dome related stadium that was kind yeah of to start the broadcast too and and we saw justin herbert continue to be impressive so what were your takeaways from this contest yeah
2: well i guess there are open air elements to the stadium <laughs> which is why the lightning delay had to happen that was the first thing on my notes for this game you know okay once we got over that and we're moving on i'm sure the east coasters loved all of that um i mean Herbert's looking good. He's spreading the ball around a lot. He missed Mike Williams on a deep ball. Um, Otherwise, you know, it could have been a nice fantasy day for Williams too, but I mean, he had, he had a, perfectly fine fantasy day and is is definitely there's no doubt at any point there never was that he is their guy but he's just going to be a great person to own and roster in fantasy because he'll be very consistent week to week uh Derek Carr on the other hand you know those MVP talks can probably fade a little bit or at least the contract extension you know they're wondering on the telecast why they haven't extended him yet or whatnot and you know hey guess what You know, this is why. And it's not like he played horribly, but they were very slow to get the thing going. And then the other thing that stood out was the backfields. Of course, Josh Jacobs came back, and that essentially pushes Kenyon Drake, Peyton Barber pretty much back to fantasy irrelevance. Now, Jacobs, this wasn't good game flow for him. They were behind for much of it, and they didn't really make it close to, like, briefly in the third quarter. But Jacobs still... He had 13 carries, a little more than three yards per carry. The bright side with him, though, was he was targeted five times in the passing game and caught all five for 17. So that that's what gives me a little bit hope, of hope that Jacobs is maybe more than just a guy moving forward. And then, of course, we got to touch on your side. I mean, Austin Eckler, he was running between the tackles, had pretty much his best fantasy day of the year. Do you think that's a,
1: a sign of what's to come now moving forward? Well, it's interesting. The broadcast brought up specifically, and I was kind of like, yeah, so. Because that's what – Austin Eckler does most of the time. I mean, he, he really does run between the tackles often. Mm-hmm. You'll see like uh Larry Roundtree who got a, a decent amount of carries last night. Honestly, I was surprised by the kind of workload he was getting given how ineffective he was. And Justin Jackson will at times run through the tackles too, but that offense, especially now with Joe Lombardi as their offensive coordinator, is it, is an offense that likes to move the ball in between the tackles and the space, Outside is usually reserved for a Mike Williams out route comeback, something like that. Keenan Allen crossers. It's more in the passing game, and I felt like the flats were open all Monday night. The broadcast brought up as well too, but like that Jared Cook fourth down, clear example of why running outside the tackles is, is more reserved for uh, different portions of the offense. And, and, big well, yeah, play. and you saw
2: with you saw with Keenan Allen too, pretty decent PPR day, dud of a day, in just what any other. Yeah,
1: format. yeah, and I think that's going to be. Something that occurs often, you know, I, look at, uh, I know prior to this last game, Allen had either 100 receiving yards or a touchdown in each of the first three weeks. And, and like that's relevant because over 100 receiving yards, certainly 10 points standard. But if you are in a standard format, those catches mean nothing. I think that's where Allen's volume is going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any prop bets out there at this point, if you could say, a hundred plus receptions for Keenan Allen. I can almost guarantee that'll occur so long as he stays healthy. I think he's gonna be well on pace. And he's a very valuable member of that offense, but back to what you were saying with Eckler too. um, This is, this is the reason why he was a late first round pick early second round pick in fantasy formats, other than like the bizarre Vegas league that I know, like one of our uh, coworkers, Harry was in, he took him to the third round. I thought that was ridiculous. It was like a half point PPR standard. And some reason Austin Eckler fell to that point. I was talking about with him earlier. Uh, Yeah. It's just like, it's, that offense is going to be one of the best in the league. And I know that list was talking about how great Saquon Barkley is and blah, 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 blah. And that's what he has to do as a Giants fan. I think Eckler is going to be way more consistent and productive than Saquon Barkley is going to be. And if that means Saquon Barkley's top five pick, Eckler should be top three. And I know it's that's in jest because Barkley is not a top five pick. How, how do you, so where does Aaron
2: Jones fit into that
1: mix? You know, out of those, Where's three? Derrick Henry fit too? Yeah, or yeah. if Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook come back. Uh, you I don't so, know, so, like
2: you're I, seeing Aaron Jones for sure ahead of Barkley and Eckler?
1: I think I think, so, yeah. I think, I think so. Yeah. I like I, like that one as well. I mean, all could end up being fine, but I think Eckler is mm-hmm. going to be a very safe production wise. And, and if he has a bad week, you're losing anyway. That's, that's more or less my thoughts. And I think the same applies for Aaron Jones as well too. So obviously uh, a good game for the chargers and, you know, the Raiders uh, disappointment a little bit. I, I honestly picked the spread with the Raiders thinking these are the games the chargers normally lose primetime mm-hmm. contests with higher expectations yeah. I mean, it was their home stadium, and they were getting yeah, 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 running yeah. out onto the field, you know? <laughs> so Yeah, and that's going to be what happens throughout the entire season, I feel like. So let's move yes. over to the actual portion of the podcast when it comes to free agent uh, pickups. Before we do so, let's stop and get a word from our sponsors, BlueWare.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: All right, so we're back. Uh, you know, quarterbacks we had mentioned Sam Darnold and uh, Taylor Heineke. Heineke had a had a pretty good game, honestly, from what I was expecting. Sam Darnold, once again, uh, Lamar Darnold is what we're now calling him. I'm not sure, if, Jake, if you've you found that out. It's it's Lamar, yeah. and you could even go like Samar Darnold too. I've seen a lot on Twitter. Are you yeah. uh, which one do you like, uh, Lamar Darnold or Samar Darnold? Oh. Man, I <laughs> you're like, no, the other one, please. Oh no, no, I I mean <laughs> so I'm at a point,
2: I'm at an interesting point with Sam Darnold where I have him in a league where you only start one quarterback and I start Dak Prescott every week, and then I have him in another league where you start two quarterbacks, but I've got Herbert and Jalen Hurts, and I'm probably just gonna hold on to him in that league. So I'm covered in bye weeks, but like I'm trying to think of how I can maximize on his value. But I, I think that's, that's gonna be tough because people will be like, well still sam darnold and it's panthers and you know i don't know so but I, i'm pleasantly surprised with how he's done and uh i know that's someone that we were on early this year yeah. as kind of a sleeper quarterback mm-hmm. you know get him out of the jets and see what he can do uh and obviously it's helping dj Moore's case quite a bit no they look good and uh you know if you hopefully i mean based on these picks that you noted last week darnold and heineke like you and John seem to jinx the quarterbacks a lot less than me and you do. So
1: let's see (laughs) what we got for this We've been pushing Sam Darnold quite a bit, uh, and I Mm -hmm. think Taylor Heineke is going to be one of those situations where there are certainly times that you could roll with him and other times you won't. But um, we're going to have to start with Trey Lance because I think that's going to be one of the more popular pickups or at least conversations of course, a lot of people have right now. So just outlining these at 31% roster currently in Yahoo, 90% Mm -hmm. ESPN. I'm surprised because, again, we have been doing these podcasts well before the free agent season started and I I was seeing Lance and Fields go ahead of Trevor Lawrence when there was no expectation or or given that either one were going to start clearly those people dropped those guys or realized oh man I'm making very clearly bad choices and here we're at that Lance. at least if you
2: had those guys you could drop them at least but if you had Trevor Lawrence you know or if he was your QB one you had to sit through three four weeks of starting them so what's worse than that scenario but no uh, but but trey lance uh you know i, I just had to I'd take a dig there but trey lance he's an interesting case because the reports i'm seeing say jimmy g might sit with the Bruce calf thus trey lance will start so i don't think it's a changing of the guard necessarily obviously shanahan's a lot smarter than whatever the heck is going on in chicago but i'm not going to call this the trade changing of the guard just yet here uh was trey lance great on sunday i mean the stats look okay he was nine for 18 so 50 through 41 rushing yards on that's going to help his case but if you watch any of that game one of those touchdown passes was a bomb to debo samuel where he was completely uncovered Mm -hmm. and untouched it was a complete blown coverage i don't think you can count on that every game and obviously if you take one play out of anyone's stat line and pick which one you're going to take you can make the stat line look a lot worse but this is a case where i'm gonna call that a little bit fluky so a couple things going on here you know one when Jimmy G's healthy, does Jimmy G come back necessarily? It's not like Trey Lance, like I said. He wasn't necessarily outstanding. The The box score doesn't tell the whole truth there. Um, but if he's available, obviously, I don't think he was cut in any two quarterback leagues. And there are very few one-quarterback leagues where you're picking him up to start him immediately they have arizona this week they're ranked number 17 against Mm -hmm. opposing quarterbacks and uh you know he could have a good game if he's called upon to start this week you know the rushing numbers with a guy like him bring up his total his his average every week and then he's got a week six bye and after that who the heck knows what's going on so is trey lance one of the one of the pickups we have to talk about this week absolutely I don't know about longevity necessarily with this. So what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so I have a Culver's board bet with uh, Mario on our Series X on Friday show. And and my bet was uh, Lance wasn't going to start until after the team's buy. Do you feel like by default um, this bet shouldn't count because he would not have started if not for Garoppolo getting hurt? And there was no like... <laughs> Built in saying, hey, Garoppolo is injury prone, so therefore Lance. Yeah. No, Mario Yeah, I left Lance my I that. left my
2: Gavel at home today, so I'm not going to be able to judge the val- the validity of these Come bets. On. I think it's a bet's a bet, right here, right? I mean,
1: I guess. I I'll bring him in uh the Culver's burger, uh, and he'll just look at it grossly and How go does that bet. work? I thought he didn't eat meat.
2: Yeah, Maybe, I, 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 think I think he, he just that. wanted to
1: steal money from me, is really what it is. But back and to your enough. point, you'd have to tell me, do I start this player over this player? Like, I don't have any specific examples mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but would I start like, for example, Sam you know, I don't have specific here. I am making one. Do I start Sam Darnold over Trey Lance? I, you know, I don't know. Like that might be a situation where Darnold's rushing upside, at least in the red zone is making me consider a little bit more. I mean, they play the Eagles. I think I would rather have Darnold from a consistent perspective. I oh think yeah. That, I That's think like that a offense, no brainer. I'm taking
2: Darnold for sure. Now, I, don't, I
1: don't think it's a no brainer. This is, this is my thought process is that, Lance is going to be involved from a rushing capacity and they are not going to have him look like Justin Fields. Like Lance is going to be a factor. Kyle Shanahan is a better offensive schemer than Matt Nagy. I might be a better offensive schemer than Matt Nagy. Like that that's entirely in the realm of possibility at this point, given what we've seen with the Bears. Like the if he gets sixty yards, that's six points guaranteed. Probably getting a rushing touchdown. You're talking about thirteen points. You can do a lot worse from a guy that you're picking about the waiver wire uh, at quarterback. Like if you're starting Jameis Winston in a two QB league, give me Lance every time. Like those types of options, you have to be specific. But I I would rather have I think Trey Lance in a few of those. I think he's more middle of the pack to low and middle. Then mm-hmm. bottom of the barrel, like you might be suggesting.
2: Yeah. Hey, just a funny stat while we're, you know, sitting here talking about it, Sam Darnold is QB five this year, and he's only rostered wow. in thirty-eight percent of Yahoo leagues. Daniel
1: Jones is QB six, and he is only rostered in thirty one percent that's league. the thing that lists can actually brag about is Daniel Jones. I don't want to hear about Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley being a top five back. Like you can you can talk about Danny Dimes being insane, um, and that's rightfully so. He's had a lot of pretty good matchups there. Mm-hmm. Uh, far so,
2: so, so speaking to Danny dimes here, he's 31% mm-hmm. Yahoo, 33% ESPN. He's at the Cowboys. And now when we think about the Cowboys in our heads, we think their defense is a whole lot better. Diggs is leading the league's league in interceptions. You know, maybe it's one to watch out for, but when you look at the numbers, I mean, the Cowboys offense is good and they're putting up so many points that eventually other teams are playing catch up or or, or something along those lines. The Cowboys are giving up the second most points, fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And I know we have to be a little bit careful with the four game sample size and also think about who they were playing. But Danny Dimes is someone you might sneak into your streaming options this week in a deeper
1: league. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I, I think that's entirely reasonable. And again, you'd have to go over certain guys. Uh, how about like Matt Ryan? Would you rather have Daniel Jones or Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan going, going against the Jets defense, which has been, I think, up and down uh, to date thus far. Matt Ryan looked pretty good uh, last week. Mm-hmm. That's getting Patterson involved quite a bit, and we can't always guarantee that's going to occur. Yeah. So would you rather Matt have Ryan, I was looking at Ryan?
2: this when I was thinking about potential cuts, and obviously it's tough to say a cut. You know with the jets coming up and off a four touchdown game but he's only rostered in 53 percent of leagues matt ryan so people are definitely giving up on him and i understand that after how the first
1: couple of weeks went it's the one issue that i might have with danny dimes is that the cowboys defense may or may not be good like I, i'm not willing to really <laughs> get too deep into the weeds and say yeah this is a good defense for the cowboys because that would mean this team might be unstoppable and that's just not the case mike mccarthy's the head coach there's no way the cowboys are going to be an unstoppable team uh, but their defense has looked better than in years past, and that might be one of those situations that limits Daniel Jones. I know we're going to get to Kadarius Tony uh, in our waiver wire talk, and we, when we should, we, mm-hmm. we actually mentioned him last week as well. Does does Tony possibly playing more give you give Daniel Jones a higher floor? And I think the answer for me might be yes, but I'm curious in your opinion. I mean, I think what
2: gives Danny Dimes a higher floor here is Saquon Barkley kind of being, you know, you know, you know released, you know, basically, uh, you know, start, they consider him healthy. They're not worrying about his workload, having that weapon there and Tony break, you know, it certainly helps, but I don't know if Tony will play as much when they get as healthy. It's just that they have a lot of options and the collective options and mixed with Barkley
1: getting healthy for me is what brings the floor up a little bit. Okay, let's ping through a couple of these other streamer options real quick. Mm-hmm. We have Jameis Winston, 39% rostered Yahoo, 29% ESPN, going against the Washington defense, which shockingly is currently allowing the most fantasy points to yeah. the quarterbacks. Otherwise, you have Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, two rookies. Wilson going off against the Falcons, we talked about that earlier, and Mac going against that susceptible Texans uh, defense. Both are pretty good spots. Like, uh, Are you interested? Like, How would you rank those three, I should say?
2: Uh, after Danny Dimes? um This is tough. I, you know, I guess I go Jameis because, you know, I put him on here as the DVP pick. It's tough to decide what you're going to get with him every week. Uh, I, over the rookies, you know, I still put him there. And then I would rank probably Mac Jones ahead of uh, Zach Wilson. Mac Jones is going against the Titans, even though Wilson's got a better matchup on paper and looked good last week. Uh, Mac Jones is going to have to throw the ball a ton. They ran, I think, against the Bucs. Now, granted, this was possibly by design because of the Bucks' run defense. But the Patriots ran the ball eight times for negative one yards. They have no running game. Without, uh, you know, it's not like James White was being a big part of their running game anyway. But uh, this is a lot, you know, two tight end sets passing out of that. He could throw a lot of passes, so more opportunities. And he might have to, you know, I don't, not that he'll necessarily have to keep up against the Texans. But it's no secret to anyone that, that is listening to this podcast, what we think of the Texans organization here as a whole. And, uh, you know, it could maybe it'll be a give up game and they stop throwing here. Maybe they keep it just close enough. Uh, to be able to to make him useful but I guess I'll go Mac Jones a little bit based more so on season body of work than what we saw specifically last week
1: okay I, I think I'm, I'm with you on that order as well too let's move over to the running backs it was it was pretty light last week mm-hmm. we had Chuba Hubbard and I think uh, you know it was disappointing for those who spent a, as much of their budget as I recommended and I also did as well too but I don't think you mm-hmm. have to be too upset with the workload that he got, which is an important yeah. uh, point of context as we kind of move through the situation mm-hmm. where Christian McCaffrey might be out for an undetermined amount of time. And then there's what was Peyton the call. Harper.
2: What was the call on Harvard? Cause I spent $46 in mm. a 10 team league to out of a hundred. Yeah. Out of a hundred.
1: Yeah, I was saying I John was a little less aggressive. John's never been on the show before. Uh so John didn't know that we are high stakes all the time. Yeah, we come back to the nine. Yeah, <laughs> that's so he was more like, Hey, what if you do like twenty five thirty? And I'm like, John, mm-hmm. fifty or hundred, all in. Doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, well, I mean twenty-five also- thirty,
2: those are the right recommendations, but if you actually need to get him then
1: 46 is the recommendation. And that was more or you know less what I mean? we had recommended. Like we had kind of worked our conversation to it. And he was 25 also- 25 is prepared. the keep him honest bid you like to say, you know? Yeah, he was in on Elijah Mitchell and therefore didn't have as much fab uh, in certain situations, which I think maybe factor into his opinion somewhat. So that was that was basically what you did was what I recommended as well. And that was kind of the direction I did for my fantasy teams. Uh, Peyton Barber, we had talked about with the Monday night game, less successful now Josh Jacobs is back. Mm-hmm. I had talked about last week, that's a good landing spot for Marlon Mack if the Colts were to trade uh, their, you know, third string of running back. And I think that would be an immediate upgrade over Barber should Jacobs get hurt again. That conversation doesn't matter except for super deep leagues. Let's get to a few running backs that I think do matter. It's my guy at this point, I think. Kenny Gainwell. Uh, I have been talking about him quite a bit as a pickup that I would make if I had missed out on Elijah Mitchell, if I had missed out on Chupa Hubbard, if I had missed out on Patterson, any of these top guys that um were more or less starters. On a week-to-week basis, I thought Kenny Gainwell was going to be a safer pick. He's still only 29% rostered, but we are now mm-hmm. seeing maybe a changing end of the guard with uh, Gainwell yeah. logging a okay. season high in snaps.
2: Yeah, here's what I want to say about that. There are a few things that I noted. You know, a lot of these running back notes at least come from Jerry's backfield breakdown thing. So definitely check that out on Roto-Wire if you can. Gainwell, he was he logged a season high in snaps, targets, and total yards. His snap share was 39.2%. So not outstanding, but you know, the season highs to me is significant. And the other thing that Jerry noted in his column that Jalen hurts breaks the conventional dual threat quarterback wisdom. You know, I've said this on the show. I know list likes to say this on, his. you know, a lot of our guys, you know, go with that, where if you have, a running quarterback they're more likely to take off and run than dump it off to their running back you know as opposed to Ben Roethlisberger zero mobility ends up giving Najee Harris 19 targets or whatever the heck it was two weeks ago but you know running quarterbacks aren't supposed to do that they take off and run themselves that hasn't been the case with Jalen Hurts necessarily and maybe they're trying to preserve him a little bit but uh Hurts is giving Twenty three point four percent of his targets to running backs, which is definitely high, you know, among the position, not just if you break them into dual threat guys. So when that's the case and when the Eagles are behind, which I think will be the case quite a bit with that with that defense, Gainwell seems to be getting, uh, you know, to be getting a lot of the looks here. And of course, he scores. He only ran the ball three times, so three carries, you don't think. Eight targets, that's very nice. You know, 58 receiving yards here. But if you look at these next couple of games here on the docket at Carolina, uh, home against Tampa Bay at Las Vegas, um, the Eagles aren't going to be favored probably in any of these games until week eight at Detroit because they're the road team twice, and of course they got Tampa Bay, and you know. I guess that with the uh, Vegas and, and Detroit run, they have some nice run that matches against opposing backs, but I think the upcoming schedule game flow wise is going to look better for gamewell than miles Sanders. And, you know, in, I needed to see miles Sanders be that limited for two weeks in a row before I was ready to give up on him. And of course he's not a cut yet, you know, uh, they talked about this, Jeff enlisted yesterday, how, you know, trading doesn't really happen that much. You know, what are you going to trade low for him yeah, if exactly. he can find something? But uh, no, he Miles Sanders goes to your bench. I mean, I have a league. It's a 10 teamer where I have Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell. I might flex Gainwell, but Sanders is going on the bench. And I'm going to see what else I have there.
1: Yeah, I, I had traded at Sanders away more like a friends and family league, which is where trading actually does happen. And I'm sure many of the listeners right now are in leagues where they can take advantage of bad uh, managers and, and trade trade to their hearts. And you and I, and most of these expert leagues just are unable to do that. Unfortunately, (laughs) Joe
2: sitting here just ripping on his friends and family.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I'm, I have some, I see some people in the comments that I know for sure are taking advantage of bad managers as well too, and trading with them all the time Mm -hmm. and having stacked teams that they shouldn't have. So it's, it's not a guarantee. And and you're right. uh, You know, Chris and Jeff, Talk about what happens in the industry for the most part, where trades just aren't uh, something that occurs. I, I have to like pull teeth to make sure that happens. I like you know back to Kenny Gable. I like him quite a bit for uh, a pickup this week. If you're missing out on Damien Williams, and I think that's going to be a big key. We mm-hmm. anticipate Montgomery's going to be missing possibly a month, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. It doesn't appear to be a season-ending injury, which is great, uh, but at least three to four weeks, if not more than that. I think opens the door for Damian Williams to now be a low on running back two possible running back one in certain matchups. And, you know, it's going to be important context. Again, I just bashed Matt Nagy and rightfully so that bears offense needs to be able to move the ball effectively. Yeah. Like we saw this past week. However, they're mm-hmm. not playing the lines every single week. And I think that's of course. an important distinction.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So here's a couple things on that. You know, I was making the outline kind of last night early, late afternoon, and I put Gainwell first because I, we didn't know much about the Montgomery injury. Then now, according to, you know, Graziano from ESPN, it's, it seems like four to five weeks. The story all along was the team would update the situation on Wednesday. So definitely keep an eye out to see if that situation changes a little bit here, but uh, four or five weeks is significant enough to get a backup, you know, an unrostered backup potentially on the fantasy radar here so of course the first look is damian williams but damian williams suffered a thigh bruise during the win um we'll have to monitor his practice time this week if you do waivers the night and put a ton of money on damian williams you could get burned this week and it's very short-term utility anyway i mean the raiders this week are pretty good uh as far as matchup for the bears you know against opposing backs and they've got two top 10 Uh, teams against the run uh, at least fantasy wise in green bay and tampa bay so definitely have to exercise a little bit of caution here and uh maybe 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 take a look at khalil herbert because really we could have a tyson williams situation here where he's the only warm body and it won't be as advantage advantageous as tyson williams when he was relevant here in baltimore because it's a much much worse team but there are some touches maybe a goal line touch or two something along those lines i mean uh cleil herbert was a 6th round pick um mm-hmm. he's only he had six offensive snaps last week he's been active primarily as a special teamer um you know the ravens already went and signed all the washed up scrubs so there's not really anyone else to sign <laughs> and uh bring into this team so you know what are we going to do here you, it, i I can't advocate spending more than 25% of your budget on Damian Williams because it's Damian Williams, the team context, and he might be hurt himself. Now, only a thigh bruise. So you think, okay, maybe he misses one week. But if you spend a quarter of your budget and can't use him this week, you're kind of backed into a corner, right? Because you're out here looking for running backs because you need one. Maybe you're improving your roster. Maybe you just need a starter. But you pick him up, he sucks up a roster spot, and then you can't use him in his best matchup out of the next three weeks here. So So I guess I'm here to exercise caution.
1: What if you – I don't know, like, so people listening in 10 and 10 team leagues, this conversation does not matter to you. If you miss David yeah, Montgomery, I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're likely out a top uh, running back. And you're not going to be able to get some of the replaces that. If you're in a 12 team league, I wouldn't even recommend this strategy. And if you're in a 14 team league that has Kelsey Delvin cook, John, Jonathan Taylor, and Nick Chubb on it, don't listen to this either. But if you are in a deeper format that is looking for running backs, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, if you have the roster spots, to going after Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert, I don't think Herbert's yeah. that bad. And honestly, we were talking before we came on mm-hmm. air. We know that our our resident college guys and, and the prospect guys, Mario Puig and John McKechnie, both like Khalil Herbert and thought he was uh, a pretty good value in the sixth round. If that's the case, and, and he ends up being just even a modest type of player, you're covering yourself if Damian Williams misses time and likely not having to spend more than 5 or 6% of your budget. So I, I think mm-hmm. combining the two, thinking to myself, hey, I'm going to get the Bears backfield. That sounds gross to say. I'm trying not to throw up as I'm talking about it, but I'm going to get the Bears backfield for a month. That has mm-hmm. some value if you are uh, trying to wade the waters where other people are concerned about Damian Williams missing time. Mm-hmm. You're kind of claiming, mm-hmm. uh, claiming that territory.
2: The Bears are just hilarious. Do we even know who's going to be the starter yet this week? You know, I it's saw the, be Andy Dalton that grizzled yeah. that
1: grizzled beard. You can't you can't mm-hmm. have that on the bench. That yeah, that hey. hurts team morale.
2: Hey, we're a pro beard podcast here.
1: <laughs> exactly. So that that's the strategy I'm recommending. Like I I think um, the NFFC, you know the the beat Joe Bartles, the beat uh, Jake Latarski, would mm-hmm. uh, drafts which you need to have happen next year. Those those ones where you have really deep bench. I think Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert is going to be available everywhere. I'm going to go Mm -hmm. ahead and put down 25 30% of my budget to get a combination of that and hope that I can make up some of the lost production. Uh, I know you talked about the matchups, and that's going to be really important. But I think Mm -hmm. if you're looking for deeper bench spots, I kind of like that strategy if you really are uh, throwing Mm -hmm. some spots away.
2: Yeah, and Williams only 9%, 10% rostered on Yahoo and Mm -hmm. ESPN, respectively. So he's definitely out there if you want to take a stab at him um let's move on though and talk about a guy who is closer to 50 percent, but just kind of sneaks into our threshold now we saw kind of late in the week after you and John did just show that the Ravens there are rumors that Tyson Williams is going to be inactive and sure enough yep. he ended up being a healthy scratch they went with Latavius Murray Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman Murray led the way with a season high 62.5 percent of snaps followed by 27.8 percent for Le'Veon Bell here so it looks like at least for now, Murray is leading that backfield. Um, you know, he got the touchdown to make the day look good, but he also didn't get targeted a single time and just over three yards per carry. So nothing crazy efficient there. But he's a starter on an actual good team that we expect to see more positive game game flow. I mean, do you take a look at him this week?
1: The only issue is Latavius Murray and to some extent Tyson Williams' role. Like, they only be runner. That's all that's the are Maybe to, mm-hmm. to about- a- uh, I think that can have some uh, uh, in uh, okay, not- it's just super uh, fancy, So it's like the Murray not I think more critically out of this is, I am There's going no reason to hold anymore
3: if the Ravens are choosing to
1: have. That that being said, I, I, I'm super in on Latavius Murray. I would rather have the combo of Williams and and Khalil than at Latavius Murray. That's not ranking. All right, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I hear you. Um, maybe you want to check your mic there just a sec to make sure that's yeah. plugged in because it was kind of cutting in on on I me. Mean. I'll take my turn and I'll ramble for a while while well, you can take a look at your situation here. That's what happens
1: when we're live, right?
2: Yes, exactly. This is the the beauty of a live show here. So yeah, Latavius Murray. I didn't really hear anything. You just said, hopefully that comes through for the, uh, for, for the, uh, listeners out there, but you know, he's a a guy at the top of the depth chart on a good team. Some other guys I wrote down here, uh, Malcolm Brown is a guy that actually interests me. And, uh, you know, when we did that super deep sleeper show way early on in the off season, uh, and we talked about Malcolm Brown was a guy we brought up. Quintez Cephas was a guy that we brought up. They're turning out to be pretty decent options in your 16 team leagues. So Malcolm Brown, um, he gets a second straight start. He started the game, but this is the first time all season that he got more snaps than Miles Gaskins. So I'll call that significant. And then the other thing is, you know, our, our big reasoning behind having Malcolm Brown as a, uh, as an overall, uh, you know, type guy was uh, the red zone usage, right? And he got five red zone snaps, only two red zone carries. He did not score, but you know, as Jerry called it in his article, you know, busy, but ineffective. None, so again, he's not a game changing guy, but he is a player that could be rostered as he starts to see more and more of the work and starts to be atop that backfield in terms of the usage. So that's definitely something to uh, consider and think about there because he's just as widely available. I mean, pretty much as Damian Williams. I mean, Malcolm Brown six percent Yahoo, twelve percent ESPN. You know, if you make if you if you put down keep him on bids on Damian Williams and say Gainwell's is already rostered, that type of thing. Then, uh, then maybe you put like back you back those bids with a couple bucks for Malcolm Brown, and you know maybe get a flexible guy. No buys week five, but buy weeks start up in week six. I, I forgot to note that at the beginning. Buy weeks are, are on, on the corner, so you always want to uh, want to be making the most of your roster in this situation. Joe, how's the mic situation
1: going over there? Uh, how does it sound now? Can you? At it least sounds hear me? wonderful. I think we're back. Great. All right. Julia asks a pretty good question. Which free agent could you place more fab on Samaj P. Ryan or Brandon Bolden? Obviously, Joe Mixon is listed as day to day to day. Currently, Brandon Bolden was the one that emerged from the Patriots backfield to replace James White. Limited snaps, but was still the pass catching threat. We had mentioned in this podcast this past week. JJ Taylor as an option, but here is Brandon Bolden now kind of doing it. Which one mm-hmm. would you like more?
2: I mean, I guess P Ryan, because you're I mean, Either way, it's it's a rental here. Maybe Bolden gets more carries the rest of season, but didn't Bolden only carry the ball once? You know, in his yeah, last it was, game, it was yeah, not,
1: it was more the pass catching threat.
2: Yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, here I'm going to look at the Patriots' uh, backfield breakdown here, as I tend to do here to help uh, look at the situation. Uh, Damian Harris, 61 percent of snaps, four carries. That was the top. Brandon Bolden, 32.2 percent of snaps. So again, you pl- you could play roulette with the Patriots' backfield. And maybe get a guy that gets five six points even in PPR, um, you know, for the rest of the year with Bolden, or you take your one week rental with P Ryan and you look back to the waiver wire next week. But you know that's it's a tough one if you have to uh, if you have to make those claims tonight. You know neither are particularly attractive, but you know I guess I go Bolden or I guess I go P Ryan because I feel better about him, uh, you know, getting the work this week. We'll see what's going on with Joe Mixon. I believe it's a uh, it's a low ankle sprain, which I never knew was a thing necessarily or maybe it's maybe I'm mixing them up with somebody else but you know low, low ankle sprain basically I think the terminology was invented to tell people it's not the dreaded high ankle sprain so I'm checking on Mixon you're going to want to watch his practice time this week Uh the offense with Joe Burrow looks good it looks productive they're hopefully getting T Higgins back yeah it's a low grade ankle sprain for Mixon now that I looked this up they're hopefully getting T Higgins back it's a good offense so you want you know, who's going to be the lead back, uh, you know, in that offense here. And I'm trying to see, there's not a whole lot behind P Ryan. Chris Evans maybe gets a carry or two or something along those lines. But, uh, but no, I take uh, I take P Ryan in that situation. And I have, I think I have P Ryan in our dynasty league one, because it's deep rosters and two, because I was waiting for this situation to happen.
1: Yeah. And that was the reason why I was taking P Ryan is like round 21 best ball as well, you know, in those situations, I, I think it works too. The, the Brandon Bolden thing is interesting I don't think this week is the week to go ahead for it. If anything, Ramondre Stevenson might be the start because that Texans, you know, the Patriots are favored by nine traveling to Houston, starting a rookie quarterback after losing uh, to the Buccaneers this past week. Like it's not a, it's not a guarantee that um, Bolden even gets more than three or four passes because they're going to be up big. I think it's gonna be a lot of running the ball. Damien Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, but in, in future weeks, if it's going to be pass heavy, I, th- I think there could be a situation where Bolden has some value. Out mm-hmm. of
2: yeah, I mean, in and- the end, he's he's not James White, so he, I, I know you make As the point the on here. Some of the users make the point that he had you know six catches last week, okay amount of fantasy points. You know, sure, go for it, but uh, you know, I, maybe maybe it's a deep league, but I, I don't have it. I don't plan to have any bids
1: out on him tonight. Yeah, there might be a few. Like I think again of the NFFC. If he's not rostered, I might go ahead and do that just to kind of churn through some of the bottom of my depth chart. But that's it. So let's move over mm-hmm. to the water receivers. Before we do that, let's get word from our sponsors, Yahoo DFS. The new NFL season is finally here, and Yahoo's excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There'll be a ton of big prized contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate the opening of the Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football and becoming shark-free, Yahoo's giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer Join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has $1 million DFS football contest live. The $1 million contest features $1 million, obviously, in total prizes including the first place receiving $100,000 and entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event. Yes, that is a mouthful, and it will occur at the MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play Daily Fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash fantasy slash welcome to win the free 10-day offer to get started. Is my mm-hmm. sound still cutting out? I feel like we're still going back and forth.
2: It's better than it was since whatever you did to change <laughs> it. You yeah, know, yeah. again, again, live show here. We're gonna do the best we can. There's one thing before we hit on wide receivers for the Brandon Bolden crowd. I wanted to mention, um, you know, another option if you're thinking of doing that, and that is uh, that's Alex Collins of the Seahawks. Mm, and again, nice. uh, he was only five percent less of a snap share than Chris Carson and College Collins. Four point four yards per carry, ten. Carries here, and he got a lot more work in the second half, and he scored the touchdown. Um, I look at Alex Collins too. I think he's you know a sleeper worth picking up, not someone you know someone to replace the dead weight at the end of your bench if you were you know DJ Shark or still have James White or those type of guys. You know if you got to cut somebody and, and you know want to pick someone up for nothing, um, Alex Collins, I want to throw his name into the ring here as your as your two to four dollar max type bid.
1: Okay, and that's that's where I think Brandon Bolden. I would rather have more Collins, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So last week we can talk about Josh Gordon and move past that real quick, but we did like Emmanuel Sanders, Tim Patrick, I think is going to have less value. Um, now if Teddy Bridgewater is to missing time with a concussion, Canaries Tony was something that we spent quite a bit of time on and I was kind of pushing for, and yet picked up an absolutely zero league. So great. Uh, mm-hmm. nothing of value to me and Westbrook, a uh, and really Chester Rogers too. We had mentioned on the broadcast this past week about, Hey, what happens if Julio or, uh, AJ Brown and both were out, what's going to be value of that Titans pass catchers. I thought it was going to be Westbrook and didn't end up working out the way I intended. Uh, lost my stake league matchup because mm-hmm. of that. Um, I, I started him over Devontae Parker, which is just, you know, stupid in hindsight, mm-hmm.
2: but, but I mean, uh, Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback. Don't beat yourself up too much yeah, over that.
1: Yeah. And I thought the Colts defense, it doesn't, I made, I made, yeah. I made a bad choice. Yeah. It's fine. The a. whole Jeremy
2: McNichols, 12 targets for Tennessee really kind of threw things off.
1: Yeah. I hate Ryan Tannehill. Really to the core. I, I hate Urban Meyer more, but Ryan Tannehill is next on the agenda of people I just really despise for no reason. AJ Green also had another good game uh, and, and might be worth more conversation now. But let's start with my guy, uh, Curtis Samuel, who I was all in earlier this year, was placed on IR uh, with a groin injury, came back this past week and got a 35.5% snap share, uh, but it was still behind McLaurin, Humphreys, and, and Diami Brown. He did catch all four of his targets didn't really do much with the yardage wise. So what's your thoughts on Curtis Samuel?
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, your thoughts are, or my thoughts are pretty much what I had written down. You know, he was fourth in Snapchare, and the, the stat line wasn't necessarily that great. Um, I don't, I mean, Heineke played well this week, but I don't think there's a ton of room for a fantasy relevant receiver behind scary Terry here. Maybe, uh, didn't Logan Thomas get a little bit banged up in this game that could have, that could affect the, uh, the target tree, uh, just a little bit there in Washington, but, uh, I don't think I'm as excited about Samuel as you are. You know, I could see his target share and his snap share growing here. As we move on, I could see him getting ahead of maybe Humphreys and Dynami Brown. But a big part of his value last year with Carolina was he was getting used out of the backfield, and he was getting a lot of those short-type screen passes. And a lot of that was because, you know, Mike Davis was around last year, and that was fine. But a lot of that was because Christian McCaffrey was hurt, and they needed that short target guy. You know, now we come here to Washington – where Antonio Gibson is a more than capable pass catcher, and J.D. McKissick is coming off a year in which he caught, you know, 80 balls. So, is there a need for that type of role in Washington? Not necessarily. The name's there; he has the name. I know he's done it in the past, but uh, I'm not getting crazy excited about Samuel. He's 40% on Yahoo, and he's, excuse me, 50% 57% on ESPN. So, definitely not universally available there. So, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going crazy.
1: Chanel now with DJ shark out for the season, obviously tough injury, but missed the entire game. Got a good old fat zero for five of my teams uh, this week. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, very few were bigger DJ shark
2: supporters than, than, uh, than we were this season. And uh, you know, it's real, it's a real bummer that uh, it, you know, it had to go down like that, but now you have to look at next up here. Uh, I'm making an exception because Chanel's 58% Yahoo, 71 ESPN. So he's, pretty widely rostered you know a lot of people thought he'd be in for a breakout this type this season here and um and you know and that still is looking a lot more possible. Now we're going to include him on this show because all the first come first serve leagues that uh because it was the Thursday night game early on in the, in the week, you know, all of those have brought, you know, the roster ship up, but you know, if you're waiting to bid on him, I, and he's out there, I would call him the top wide receiver pickup this week. I'll, I'll put him ahead of uh, Curtis Samuel and Darnell Mooney and Jamison Crowder, you know, a preview of some of the other guys we're going to touch on. Um Chenault was number three in Snapchat behind Marvin Jones and DJ shark each week, Marvin Jones is pretty much universally rostered from when I looked. Um, But the other thing is Chenault was always 65% or greater. I think he can get up into that nine 80 to 90%. But the difference is Chenault has all the upside. You know, you have a round two pick Mm -hmm. here, plenty of skill. He's got, you know, a much greater ceiling than a lot of these, you know, kind of boring names that we're going to throw in the uh, wide receiver ring this week. So I would, even though it's the Jaguars, it's a team that's going to be behind a ton and I can very much see, uh, and I can very much see Chanel, you know, taking over what shark was, you know, if not more with less targets
1: to go around. It's, it's frustrating. Obviously 58 on Yahoo means doesn't really meet our threshold. We're only talking about this because it is such a crucial injury. Probably one of the bigger game changers. If you, if Chenault is not available in waivers and he's probably not, I am comfortable going and trading assets in the range of wide receiver two value. To get Chenault because that's what I believe he's going to be. And to some extent, I think Marvin Jones in the same way, I will be Mm -hmm. aggressively trying to target the people who do have rostered Chennault and overpay because by the end of the season, I think they are going to Mm -hmm. be both top 20, top 25 fantasy wide receivers. That was like the floor I thought for Mike Williams. And obviously he's Mm -hmm. well exceeded that. I think Chenault, especially with how bad Jacksonville is, is going to be a guy that is going to get so much work that kind of like hunter renfro you can just plug and play even though he's not gonna be fantastic up by the Mm -hmm. end of the night gets 13 fantasy points because he's getting targeted so often i really think chanel is going to have a lot of value to that extent i want to extend a little bit uh, further into deeper leagues my guy again tyron johnson obviously former charger wide receiver now over with jacksonville is going to be the number three wide receiver over Tavon austin in my opinion and i think there is talent there i think he could be a fantastic guy if he gets the right opportunity
2: yeah. I just need to make a point of clarification that you're, you're all hearing this from Trevor Lawrence's biggest supporter of all time. So, I, I mean, I don't see much happening besides the top two wideouts in Jacksonville, you know, maybe you get a week or two out of it, maybe for a deep dynasty league. But, uh, I mean, I, I like, I like Chenault a lot. I I would bet Chenault over Jones the rest of the season, maybe even, but, uh, to go beyond two jacksonville wide receivers that, that that's too aggressive little, for you makes me a little queasy yes
1: there's there's an urban Meyer aggressive joke that we could make but we'll avoid that uh let's move <laughs> over I, to that was
2: passive aggressive if anything he's just sitting down on his bar stool letting it happen but a whole nother topic of conversation we don't need to get into this is supposed to be a uh, a family friendly show i believe uh, what's that? Your mic was cutting
1: out. I couldn't hear anything you said. Let's move over to Darnell Mooney at 38% rostered on Yahoo, 40% ESPN. Uh, he's eclipsed Allen Robinson's snap share all four weeks. Does that matter? I'm not sure. He's got a lot of targets in the last three or four mm-hmm. weeks. Does that matter? I'm not sure. It's the Bears offense. It's Matt Nagy. What's your take on Darnell Mooney?
2: Yeah, so like I noted, seven plus targets in three or four weeks and a higher snap share than Allen Robinson, who has mysteriously and largely disappeared this year. And I'm going to put that on the coaching staff in the scheme. To you know, you have what should be a top 10, top 15 wide receiver in the NFL on paper, and you just refuse to use him, so that's interesting. And then you have Darnell Mooney now, he is a little bit big play dependent. We saw John Ross obviously come out and score a touchdown this week, of course. He's uh, you know, I put him, uh, of course, a tier higher than that, but you know, he split two defenders and got and managed to get a reasonable ball thrown his way. Uh, can that happen every week? Probably not, so he's a little big play dependent, but the volume alone, I mean. You know, I joke about it, like, you know, the with the 49ers and Trey Lance, we were talking about Debo Samuel got that, uh, you know, that big fluky uh, where the coverage was completely blown and you got a bomb touchdown, you know, probably worth about a dozen fantasy points or so, depending on your format, big play bonuses, whatnot. If you're on the field, you have to be on the field for that to be able to happen. And Darnell Mooney is basically on the field every single snap, and he's getting a lot of looks regardless of who's that quarterback. So he becomes sneaky into wide receiver three territory when bye weeks come around you know i don't want to invest in this office offense a ton. i can't believe how much we've talked about the bears on this show and of course we need to again clarify that they just played the lions so all their fantasy assets except with the exception of alan robinson are going to be looking their best that they would out of all those years but the volume alone has uh has been worth it to stick mooney on this show outline he can produce with bad quarterbacks and a
1: bad offense there'll
2: be some fantasy value there
1: can we talk about another offense that I have zero interest in investing in, but must discuss anyway? Yes, please. All right, let's talk Jets. Uh, yeah, baby. let's go. 20, jets. 20% <laughs> Yahoo rostered, 19% ESP. Mm-hmm. Made his season debut, um, and I'll let you take it from here. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, he had seven... Catches on nine targets for 61 yards and a score. Um, of course, we need to keep in mind that uh, Elijah Moore was out with a concussion. I assume he'll be back. And all that's really going to do is murky up the picture a little bit. But Crowder was second in snap share. He was on the field for 63.3% uh, of snaps. And uh, that was ahead of Keelan Cole, 58.3% of snaps. Now, when Moore comes back, I see Keelan Cole getting you know the boot in that situation. And Crowder, listen, Matt, even when the Jets are absolutely terrible, I had been rostering Crowder and using him as a wide receiver three because I know it's a new system, new quarterback, all this stuff, but he's just a reliable guy. You know, since his time with Washington, over with the Jets, he's been on subpar teams his entire career, but he manages to be a viable PPR guy, and he was someone that was drafted. We weren't expecting him to get COVID and and the other complications whatnot and missed those first couple weeks. So his ownership's at 20% or below on uh, both of the major formats here. I Listen, I could see... Crowder having more upside than anybody on this list uh, with the exception of LaVisca Chenault. So he could be number two and even better. You might be able to get him for zero or $1 in fab or, you know, wait till waivers clear and grab him after that. I don't know how under the radar he's going to fly. It it all depends on your individual league, but, uh and of course, you have to d- decide how much of the jets you want to get, but you know, even with a decent defense, they're going to be behind in games. They're you know, I I imagine that uh, you know Wilson will have to dig his way out of holes, a la Jameis Winston in his thirty for thirty year. So, you know, maybe Crowder comes in and and
1: and is able to make a fantasy impact. Yeah, I like Crowder a lot too. In fact, besides Chenault again, I'm assuming he's not available. I'm, I'm in fifteen leagues. I, I don't think I can pick him off of waivers. One, I I like Crowder in the same vein as a Hunter Renfro. Uh, who you can start just about every week if you are in a pinch and know that you're getting a safe eight to 10 points in the PPR format. I think that's where Crowder excels. And it's great to see Zach Wilson treat Crowder the way every other Jets quarterback has treated him, which is to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to throw it to you when I'm in trouble. And that's about it. I'm not dropping necessarily Elijah Moore. If I had him. like if you were, if you were drafting Elijah Moore, it's because you thought he was the greatest thing since sliced Mm -hmm. bread, all the Jets media got you worked up and you were jacked to go. And And you weren't,
2: with rookie receiver, you weren't necessarily counting on that in the first four weeks anyway. It was well, going to be a second-half thing. Right out after of the, gate, la- after right last out of the year, gates.
1: After last year, all the wide receivers, the rookie wide receivers doing well, maybe maybe you did have expectations. They were wrong and you shouldn't have, but we all make bad choices, Urban Meyer. We all make bad choices. So I'm like I i not buying um, the Elijah Moore being out will then influence Jameson Crowder. I think Crowder is going to have his role altogether, and I, I feel more confident actually – as a Jets piece overall than just about anybody else on that team. Michael Carter, uh, you know, Corey Davis obviously got his, and I think he's going to have that value too. But Crowder is going to have a pretty substantial part in that offense rest of the season so um we actually talked last week about Rashad Bateman as a pickup uh okay in lieu good of,
2: we're starting to run long
1: we can keep yes, him moving <laughs> yes in lieu of uh picking him up off of injured reserve he didn't play this past week and I think that's more because the Ravens thought we don't really need him against the Broncos it'll be really interesting to see um waiver wire wise what what happens this week and I anticipate he's yeah. active this week so yeah absolutely is, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like what well, you so I right? was
2: going to bounce this over to you. I was going to say that you know out of some guys that we previously hyped that have had some kind of bum games lately, bum usage, even with good team offensive game, Like, where do you rank Rashard Bateman relative to Rondell Moore or Terrace Marshall?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have uh, Moore and Terrace ahead of Bateman. Maybe Bateman's like on the range of Terrace Marshall. I think he's going to, mm-hmm. the going to take three him on slow. The team. Like, take them slow. They don't pass a lot as well. Uh, they're going to have a few games where I think they can run just running the ball or they can win just running the ball and don't need to get them involved. But there's going to be some schemed plays. And I think with Marquise Brown doing well and Sammy Watkins doing well, that's a lot of deep threats. Mm-hmm. Somebody over the middle besides Mark Andrews has to be there. And I think that's yeah. where Bateman could be successful.
2: Well, and the other thing is Sammy Watkins going to decide this year that he's not going to be a walking injury. Maybe. <laughs> It's possible, or maybe not, or maybe not, and then someone comes up. I know the Ravens were in the Josh Gordon sweepstakes a little bit. It yeah. didn't happen, so you know,
1: hey, it you know, I'm in the I'm in the chat right now of the live podcast arguing. I'm looking for guaranteed production. Any like 50 yards rushing for Saquon Barkley is not guaranteed production. Sammy Watkins getting injured is maybe guaranteed as well too. It'll <laughs> be uh, one of those things where if he by the end of the season he's not, you're like, wow. Sammy Watkins played the entire year. This is incredible, but you can never count on that. I think that's one of those things that if you are into Bateman, uh, like picking up Bateman this week, that's your expectation. I think you can get Bateman for two or three bucks, if not more, in deeper mm-hmm. leagues. But right now, ten team, twelve team, I'm not investing in them.
2: Yeah, tougher in the Midwest where he's at least on the radar because Minnesota, Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Wide receiver, you, I guess, no, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he's a guy that you can you know back these bids up with a couple bucks or grab after waivers clear. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'll say this a million times this season, but no dead weight on your bench. You know, guys are injured out for the year. You know, guys aren't our healthy scratch. There's so many players that we're drafted. We can just, uh, we can just cut bait with, and, and, you but know, definitely constantly keep improving defenses. your rosters.
1: We don't want, but, we don't want dead weight, but we should have two defenses.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you can, you, whatever you're smoking. I want some of that here. Come over to this. You station. were the one that was in Colorado
1: this past week. Not me. Fair. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. You caught me there. <laughs> Let's move over to the tight ends before this uh, podcast really gets off the rails. So we had talked about Dalton Schultz last week, and uh, unfortunately I was saying I don't care about him whatsoever. Oops, that's wrong. Had a great game against the Panthers. Looks at the clear tight end one over Blake Jarwin, which hurts my heart. Uh, But I I think Dalton Schultz has to be a conversation again. He's probably over 50% roster or close to it, but it's certainly going to be if you are dealing in that tight end wasteland that a lot of people Mm -hmm. are uh, past Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, and Hawkinson. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a situation where Schultz might be a starter for you on a week-in-week basis. Do you feel comfortable saying he is a tight end one for you for at least the immediate future? I mean, the way that he is being
2: used right now, yeah, sure. You know, I, I put him in there and and see what happens until further notice. You know, you know, my draft strategy was always to grab a top three, four guys, so there are very few leagues where I'm in, you know, this type of position, but he's definitely Same. worth rostering in anything 14 teams – or just about, I'd say anything, 12 teams or greater, you know, he's a guy that can go out and produce here. Um, some other guys, you know, we can run through these pretty quickly here. Uh, you know, you talked about some guys last week, but I wanted to bring up Hunter Henry, 42% Yahoo, 36% ESPN, both Henry and John o. Smith in that Sunday night game were given five targets apiece. Henry's Henry slightly more productive. Both of them scored. Um, Henry also has a slightly higher routes run rate than John o. Smith. And both of them can be productive too and sneak into that tight end one range. You know, I'd say they're both top 15 tight ends, whether they're tight end ones gets to be a lot more debatable, but with the wide receiving core, they have there clearly Mac Jones is going to the tight end here. And I mean, Hunter Henry, I thought the world of him, you know, a couple of years ago, and and you've seen plenty of him with the chargers, you know, that he is a good player and bill Belichick will make the most of his good players. So I think he'll contend he'll continue to uh, be productive and, you know, around forty percent rostered. He's a guy that I don't view all that differently than someone like Dalton Schultz.
1: You know, that's the problem that Bill Belichick will use his good players because he uses all of them every time. If he could have thirty-five players out in offense, he would, and yet they'd still only get five yards per target, whatever it is. the The fact that Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith are splitting the workload, I think, has directly impacted both of them. That was Johnny Smith's first touchdown. I, we were both high in him entering the season. I could have n- sooner thought he wasn't playing at all. Uh, given his three or four targets every single week. And the same applied to Hunter Henry too. I think it's more because Mac Jones hasn't developed to be a, a fantasy level mm-hmm. quarterback yet. And if he yeah. were, then Hunter Henry and John o. Smith are going to be assets. But when is that going to happen for Mac Jones? I don't know. Like I, I thought he played really well against the Buccaneers and yet had only like 250 yards and was generally just throwing dink and dunk past the whole night. Mm-hmm. I don't see it really changing for Mac this season. And therefore I'm not in on Hunter Henry and John M. Smith, because I think they are directly tied yeah. to what Mac Jones does as a quarterback.
2: And the Patriots are the original two tight end set team, right? You know? yes. So uh, both those guys will be out there and they'll play plenty. They'll run pr- plenty of routes. You know, I'm fine with that. Um, the other tight ends i listed this week are mostly quick hitters. And to me, these players are the kind of guys you roster or you think about having in touchdown only leagues, but yeah you don't really count on their production outside of that. And I'm talking C.J. Ozoma, Dawson Knox, and Max Williams. Uh, all three of those guys, you know, were off good weeks. C.J. Ozoma, whoever thought to captain him on Thursday night, uh, brilliant, I guess, or just, <laughs> was, you know. one percent people. Yeah, or just playing the variance there. Um, but, you know, with T. Higgins coming back, I'm not expecting a lot. Buffalo's wide receivers are absolutely loaded. Uh, again, to, to expect this, they obviously get red zone targets here and there, but to expect that week to week is, uh, you're going to have a bad time.
1: Yeah. And I think Higgins being out matters too. And I think Higgins could be back this, this week as well. So if that's Mm -hmm. the case, okay. You know, I I think uh, Uzoma is going to be one of those guys I would fade altogether. Um, Dawson Knox had his two touchdowns as well too. I think he had two, right? I'm not, if I'm remembering that correctly Um, in a blowout game for the bills, that's where I'm kind of worried. Does that game script happen? Often? I'm not sure. He's already on pace to set career highs, 144 yards, four touchdowns through four games of the season, but he's never been targeted uh, more than five times other than this game against the Texans when they were up by like 35 points at halftime. Yeah. I'm, I'll give am not more sp- buying Knox. Yeah.
2: I hear you. I mean, yeah, I'm not really buying those guys either. I'll give one more sleeper though. Um I'm gonna go back to Cameron Braid because you know Gronk is probably gonna miss yep. a little more time with his uh with his broken ribs here. So you have to look at the comparison between Cameron Braid and OJ Howard. Uh Cameron the snap share is actually quite similar with Howard actually having an edge But you look at the routes run route run percentage, which we have tight end route data on rotowire.com to check out 96.4% run route run rate. That's. A lot to say, uh, for Braid, whereas Howard is only 62.5%. So Howard is out there to block significantly more than Braid is. And of course, the targets reflect that. Six for Braight last week, only one for Howard. So Braid is a guy that'll probably come out and surprise people. Maybe you sneak a low ownership on him and in, in your DFS uh, lineups. If you're playing Yahoo DFS, you can probably get him here for pretty cheap. Or you know, if someone gets hurt, if Kittle, Kittle's still nursing an injury, we'll see what happens with him this week. You know, if anyone gets hurt, you know, there, there's someone that, you know, Brady is definitely looking towards his tight end and looking towards his tight end and in the red zone. And it certainly isn't Gronk, but uh, could be the next man up.
1: I'll give you a, deep, a different deep sleeper at tight end. And I, I guess I wanted to rank, you know, we had talked about Tommy Trumbull and Dan Arnold quite a bit after the trade between Jacksonville and the Panthers. Tremble had... You know, one target didn't catch it at all. Dan Arnold looked okay uh, with Jacksonville. If Logan Thomas is out for an extended period of time, I really think that Ricky Seals-Jones is going to be a guy that could have some value. He has been a player that we've mentioned in this podcast in the past uh, and has had some touchdown upside. I think that's where his value lies quite a bit. For Washington, who really doesn't have those guys, Terry McLaurin scores deep. You have uh, you know, Antonio Gibson, who might be maybe get some goal on opportunities that offense needs somebody of Ricky Seals Jones caliber. And I think he could be an interesting option. I'll I'll rank him below Dan Arnold of the obscure tight ends that you probably don't want to roster. It's Dan Arnold, mm-hmm. Ricky Seals Jones, and then Tommy Tremble. And I like Tommy Tremble quite a bit, but I think that's where Seals Jones yep. kind of factors in.
2: Well, we've officially covered two tight end leagues for everybody here. Let's go. Yeah. Um... <laughs>
1: Anything else Uh, to add before we stream some defenses? No, actually, we have to get a word from our sponsors, Thrive, though. Uh, Thrive Fantasy at least. Come prop bet on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app available for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Will they go over or under their projected stat totals? Choose 10 of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it's to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has a free $1,000 NFL Week 5 RotoWire supporters uh, code. You can just use promo code roto when you sign up, and you'll also receive a 100% instant free deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the iOS App Store or Google Play Store or sign up by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Get in on the action and prop up today. All right. Yeah. Just real quick on these streaming defenses. I think Minnesota against the Lions feels like the best play, but there could be a few other options. So how would you rank those ones?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota against the Lions seems like the, uh, the no brainer here. Minnesota's at least got some decent pass rushers in there. That'll get after Goff, who likes to run around and try to buy more time, but really he's just setting himself up to get hit. Uh, it's a home team. The over-under is below 50. The over-under on this game's 49, which surprises me a little bit. I would have maybe taking the under and expected less scoring there, but Minnesota seems to be the top option this week. Some of these streaming defense conversations are a little bit uh, – or almost a little bit irrelevant before bye weeks, right? Because, you know, you have your defense you're sticking with. But if you're like me and you thought the Washington football team's defense and Chase Young was going to be awesome this year and they've gotten you negative points or basically it's been a net break even throughout the year. There hasn't been much positive happening there. Then you got to start thinking about these uh, defenses like Minnesota. I also – Some teams, you know, there are some higher ownership ones that you can check on in uh, in Jerry's article that just came out this morning. Got a great streaming defense article. But uh, as far as mostly universally available, guys, I know the Raiders didn't look great last night, but they get the Bears and that is over under 45 and a half. So, again, my three streaming defenses boxes here. Right. Uh, you, You know, the circumstance right in the matchup. Home team, low over-under. The Raiders check all those boxes, and ooh, baby, 2% rostered. People might overreact to uh, the Falcons uh or to, to what the Jets did last weekend with Wilson, but the Falcons host the Jets this week in a game with the over-under 46 here. So could he go back to the three-interception guy that he was two weeks ago or the three-touchdown guy from last week? We'll see. Just wanted to throw out a couple streamers for you.
1: That's fair enough. All right. Well, that does it for us on the RotoWire NFL podcast, the waiver wire edition. Uh, Obviously we've had a lot like, you know, uh, trade uh, questions coming in, rolling in. Those are great for other days, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday, we got great Mm -hmm. podcasts throughout the week. Maybe not Friday, the DFS guys might not talk your trade uh, stuff, but uh, a lot of other podcasts, great podcasts on the RotoWire network as well too. And uh, I'm happy that Jake, you're able to return and uh, give us some valuable insight as my broadcast aside to keep cutting in and out
2: yeah yeah absolutely uh you know if you ever need me to waste two minutes blabbering (laughs) you know i'm your man i can talk about anything but uh yeah you know we're not really focusing on trade questions here on this show but of course if you get us on twitter at jb fantasy sports at Roto jake i am back from the mountains and checking my phone once again so uh you know we'll be good to go back to a regular routine this week and uh you know happy to help out when i can and thanks for everyone for tuning in and bringing the keeping the comments coming i wish we could have got to more of them we got to a good chunk i think but uh
1: You know, hit us up on Twitter if we miss you. Yeah. Again, thanks for listening. and Hopefully you guys uh, come back in next week.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance.